Earlier this week, I was thinking about what to do on the show. I can't go into the CKB. Earlier this week, I was trying to figure out what to do on the show. I can't go into the studio and record and um, because I'm in social isolation. And I doubt if I could go into the studio, I'd find anybody who wanted to come into a recording booth in such close quarters. Then I thought, you know what? I'm sitting here at home by myself. Um, well, not totally by myself. I'm with my partner and my two dogs and wondering how it is for people who are working at home. Here's my problem. The first week, even before we were in social isolation, I started to get really, really anxious, which is interesting because I've been working out of a home office for 20 years. And then all of a sudden I'm having anxiety about working out of my home office. So I tried to figure out what that's all about. And I realized there were a bunch of factors. And one is it's not so much working at home as losing the freedom to choose whether I want to work at home or to choose whether I want to be at home. I was worried about my friends and um, I was worried about their business. I was worried about them personally. I was worried about my clients and I was worried about my business because maybe my work would dry up. I didn't know. I was worried that the government was talking about financial help for all sorts of businesses, but I wasn't sure as a freelancer if we um, actually fit into any one of those uh, categories. And I worried, you know, would there be help or how would we all cope if this went on for too long and how long is too long? Anyway, the list goes on. The only thing I wasn't worried about was getting coronavirus, which is I think there's a lot of people out there who still aren't worried about it. And, and because you see people outside, you see people in groups, you, you know, we, you see, uh, especially younger people who, um, really don't think they think that in their age group, they're too healthy. They won't get it. Um, but of course there's always the risk out there. And I'm going to talk about that in, in a second. So in the beginning, there were lots of jokes and funny stuff to keep us all going on, on Facebook and social media. And, um, you know, I, I would read it and laugh and chuckle, but it's starting to, to, um, wear a little thin. The other thing that I was doing though, while I had my phone out was I was obsessively checking the news and obsessively checking my CBC app so that I could see what the latest numbers were, how many in total in Canada, how many in total um, by by province, so obviously in Ontario, and how many in total in the United States, because I think that that's, that's our, our biggest danger. Um, and the first week, like I said, I was I was getting pretty paralyzed, paralyzed and, and a lot of anxiety about this. And when I thought back, I thought, okay, here's what my problem is. This is my day. I woke up and I checked my phone right away for the latest COVID numbers, which of course had not changed from the night before. Then I made coffee. While I was making coffee, I checked my app for the latest COVID numbers, which in five minutes had not changed. Then I drank my coffee and checked the, checked the app. Then I got dressed and went right away to my computer and I checked for information online on websites. Then I watched the Prime Minister's daily brief at 11 o'clock and then I checked my app about an hour later to see what the Prime Minister said, even though I had watched it myself. Then I checked and checked and checked my app obsessively all day long and it was all I could do and it was all that I could think about. 
Finally, at night, I watched The National at 9 o'clock. Again, no new news because I'd been checking my app all day long. And then I checked my app before I turned the light out. My anxiety was turning into a panic attack. And so after a few days of doing this, I decided I'm going to take these apps right off my phone and then I won't be able to check them anymore. So around 4.30 last week, I proudly deleted the uh, CBC and Globe and Mail apps from my phone. And then I posted on Facebook that I had done this and, um, you know, patted myself on the back. Six hours later, as I'm getting into bed, I secretly, in case somebody sees me, put the apps back on my phone so I can check the numbers just before I go to sleep. So that didn't last very long, and I am now back to checking and checking and checking and checking, although I really am trying to uh, to reduce the, um, the number of times. So then going to the grocery store started to become frightening. And I worried, did I understand where, you know, how, how far was, was two meters and, and these aisles are, are narrow and I'm, I'm not sure I can figure out how to do this. And oops, there I went too near somebody. Are they going to be mad at me? And I'm very, very careful about, you know, hand, uh, you know, washing my hands and sanitizing my hands before I go into a grocery store. And the other day I was going in and there were two young fellows in front of me who walked right past the hand sanitizer. And I really was upset and I thought I really should say something to these guys. But I was a little bit worried about, I don't know what they would say to me and maybe they'd laugh. And, and so I didn't. And then I watched where they were in the grocery store the entire time I was there uh, to make sure I didn't touch anything that they touched. And they'd been over in the produce section and they'd been touching some of the vegetables. And I know that I should have gone over to tell one of the staff people at the Sobeys that this was happening, but I was too afraid to do that. So this anxiety level had gotten to the point that I I, I was really so scared and so so unable to deal with it and having anxiety and panic attacks that I hadn't had in years and years and years. So in normal times, my doctor would have thought that I was obsessive compulsive with anxiety attacks and a little bit of paranoia. And I think that you you can see why that uh, happened. So that's when I thought, okay, how are other people dealing with with the situation, people who normally would not be experiencing anxiety of uh, of the type that uh, seems to be happening with people during this time of um, of uh, social isolation, and I like to say physical distancing because social distancing really makes it sound like you're totally isolating yourself from the whole entire world. So I went on Facebook and I asked people what they were doing and how they were feeling. And it was, it was funny. One of the ones I got was from my friend Jen, who has, um, obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety panic attack disorder and had panic attacks to the point where if she went to a meeting, she always took four pencils in case the first three pencils broke. I asked her what would happen if the fourth pencil broke and she didn't really have an answer for that. But anyway, she has spent years and years and years trying to get control of her OCD and panic attacks. And those two things are really linked together. So obsessive compulsive disorder gives people, um, a, it's a need to control everything around them in their environment. And that's why often people uh, will leave their house and they'll become really, really worried that they haven't 
turned off their stove and they have to go back and make sure that they've turned off the stove because they have to have that kind of control. And when they don't have that kind of control, they get anxious about it. And again, you've left your house, you know, you've turned off your stove, but in your mind, you're just not positive. So you're anxious and you have to go back and turn off your stove or make sure you've locked your doors or you've, you know, folded your towels in exactly the way they should be. Or, you know, the person that you're living with is properly loading the dishwasher. All of these things seem pretty normal to someone without OCD, but they're absolutely debilitating for someone who does have OCD and it leads to high levels of anxiety and panic attacks. So I said to her, how are you coping with, with working out of your house? And she said, you know, it's, it's going okay with business because she's on, um, Zoom meetings and using, you know, other technology to have staff meetings and it's, it's working pretty well for her. But she said it's really funny because she spent her whole entire life trying not to obsessively wash her hands to make sure that she goes out in public and goes to events that scare the living daylights out of her. Um, and she makes herself do it. Now she's being told, to stay inside and wash her hands as often as she can. And she feels that she's an Olympic athlete at this sport because um, she's been doing it for so long. But in the end, what's going to happen if this goes on for a while? And then she gets used to the idea that obsessively washing her hands again is the safe way to live. And I worry that people who are in that so, uh, situation are going to start to struggle again when the world sort of goes back to normal. I talked to um, Kay, who's the marketing um, person for the Meridian Center, and she's one of the most outgoing people that I know. And she's having a really hard time not being around the 5,000 people coming to events because she gets so much energy from doing that. And she's just such a lively and outgoing person. And so she's finding it really, really, really hard to to be home and be so quiet. On the flip side, she said she's spending some time with her kids, but she's also not sure how long that the novelty will, will last and, uh, and how, you know, as, as is happening with a lot of parents, they're, they're, um, worried about keeping their kids, uh, occupied. And the children are getting bored and, and understandably so. And, and they're having a lot of trouble and understanding why they're staying home. And, and again, that's another anxiety for parents is they, they have to be able to explain to their kids why they can't go outside and that you don't know when they're going to be able to go outside. Another friend of mine, Allison, uh, who has worked for years as a freelance writer, uh, out of her own house, interestingly enough, just got a full-time job after years and years and years. And she was loving it because she had the job security of a full-time job. And she had people to talk to and she had um, one project to work on and it was really good. Now she's back working out of her house and while she still has the connection with uh, with her co-workers again, online, what she's really missing is being able to go out with friends. She lives by herself. So that's, you know, real difficulty on its own. I'm so lucky because I have my partner, Robin, and I really don't know what I would do if, uh, if I had to, uh, to be alone. 
And finally, there was a friend who wrote to me and she said she has had lung cancer. She's been treated and it's under control, but she is really, really worried about uh, getting coronavirus because what she's concerned about is because she's already got um, compromised lungs, that if she got really ill, she would not qualify to be on a ventilator. And it's really, I think... Um, uh, really worrying for people, this constant, constant news we're getting that there, there, you know, aren't enough ventilators, there aren't enough test kits, there aren't enough masks for doctors and nurses to wear so they're not being able to treat people or, um, you know, that our healthcare professionals are also getting sick. I think we all agree that, that the work they're doing is, is amazing and, um, I uh I just can't say enough about people who um who can put themselves on the front line like that uh, which also reminds me that we really need to be thanking and I'm always thanking the people who are working in stores those people who are going to grocery stores stacking the shelves um doing the cash and all of those kinds of things are putting their themselves at risk every day and every minute that they spend in the store and I and I think we need to be really really aware of what they're doing for us so then this logically leads to the question, what is happening with social services in the, uh, in the Niagara region and, and what can people do? Who can they reach out to? And are more people reaching out for these services because of the anxiety level, uh, caused by not just the virus, but by having to stay home? So I reached out to, um, the, uh, access line and distress center and I, and I talked talked to uh, Stacy Terry and asked her whether they're seeing an increase in calls and what kind of calls they're getting. And she told me that about two weeks ago, uh, the calls went up about 30%. And so those are 30% more people who were concerned about what was going on um, who otherwise would not be calling the distress center. Two weeks later, so where we are now, that number has doubled. Many of the people who are calling are worried about um, being isolated. They're worried about the virus. They don't. They're, they're concerned. They don't know how long this is going to go on, and um, they don't know what to do. What does social isolation mean? What's how far is two meters? There's all these questions that we have. Interestingly, they're not getting questions or a lot of questions yet about income. They're not getting a lot of people calling up right now and saying, I'm really, really worried and it's causing me a lot of stress because I might be laid off or I, I have been and I don't know what is happening with employment insurance. So even though that's out there and people are talking about it a lot and are being a lot, um, are being anxious, they're not calling these lines yet. And, but she expects that that will start to really skyrocket again in a couple of weeks or as we go through the next couple of weeks. So they're, they're worried about the, the number of calls and, and of course they want to help as many people as possible. So they're, the, the, the social agencies in Niagara are sort of redoing the way they work. The stress center, you can now have a text to chat. Um, session with a, with a qualified trained, um, person. And you can do that by texting from your phone to 258258 and somebody will respond to you and, and help you out with 
it, what issue you're having or try to direct you to the place that you, that you need to be. Um, the access line, which has always been the main line to call, the access line coordinates with um, all of the social service agencies in Niagara to um, help direct callers to the to the right service that they need. So what they're looking at now is that all of these social service agencies are having to change the way they do business. So rather than doing person to person calls and meetings, they're also going to setting up phone lines to to help people who are under stress, to help uh, people who are in a mental health crisis, um, to help someone who's just suffering a, an unusual amount of anxiety. And they're working with the access line to to um, coordinate so that everybody is on the same page and everybody knows how services are going to be delivered. And it's a big, big, big job. And if you are having any kind of trouble uh, right now reaching these services, please understand that they are doing the best that they can. They are working long, long, long hours to make sure that all of the services are available. So uh, organizations like the Canadian Mental Health Association, the Distress Center, uh, Suicide Prevention Line, all of these groups, uh, Quest Community Health Center, all of these groups are coming together to ensure that they have the capacity to help people. So here are a couple of things that um, that you can do to stay physically healthy. Go for a walk. You can still do that. That does not break up social isolation. Going for a walk and getting a little bit of exercise is so amazing for your mental health. You just have to make sure that you stay two meters away. Ride a bike. You can still do that. Just make sure that you're not riding your bike in a group. Um, you can do little bits of exercise in your house. Uh, one uh, trainer said to me, just do 10 push-ups at your kitchen sink and and 10 sit-ups when you're watching TV. Do that a few times a day and you'd be surprised how how um, how good your physical fitness can be. But also, and I'm still trying to, to conquer this, we have to stop obsessively looking at information. The more I look at information during the day, my anxiety level ramps up and up and up and up. There's so much uncertainty. There's no way you're going to get the answer by, you know, going online 300 times a day to try and, and, you know, find out what the latest news is because it doesn't change. I want you to stay connected with people on Facebook because it's one of the few ways that we really can stay connected right now. Um, but I want you to be very careful about what you're reading. There's a lot of misinformation out there. Uh, we know that the scammers uh, on phones have been, you know, phones are going crazy with scammers. And we know that there's a lot of spammy, scammy kind of information um, out on social media. So be very, very careful about clicking a link, reading, um, and then saying, oh, oh my, oh my, oh my, this is what is happening. Only look at really valid, reputable news organizations. And the same on TV. Just, just be careful that you're not overloading yourself with, um, negative news. The funny stuff, it's wearing too thin. It's wearing way too thin for me to spend much time on, on Facebook right now. Um, and then stay in touch with friends and family. 
through phone calls. You can still have, you know, set up a daily phone call with your parents or your best friends every day. Go online, do, uh, do a Skype call, have a, have a Zoom party. I've seen a bunch of those things happening and, and make sure that social isolation doesn't mean that you're not seeing anyone at all or having any contact with people. My, uh, my friends with kids, as I said, some of them are really starting to have a hard time keeping their, their kids, uh, amused. And it's a big job and we all want to be there for our kids, but we have to remember that we need me time as well. You have to guard your mental health by making sure that you have the time to ramp down your thinking a little bit, take a few breaths, maybe read a book and get your mind off of what's happening in your day-to-day life. My street today or this evening is going to have a porch party which is going to be kind of interesting and unusual because we're all going to go onto our individual porches with a drink. And then I guess we're going to yell at each other up and down the street. I saw a few weeks ago uh, in Italy, uh, there was a street where, you know, the streets are very narrow and there's uh, people live in apartments and there's a lot of balconies and everybody came out on their balcony and sang a song. And it was just so fantastic to see this way that the community could come together and, and help each other and be together. So I'm not sure that my porch party is going to be as cool as that, but at least I'll be able to spend some time with people and maybe have a few laughs and, um, just end my day on a much better note and then try and not check my app. So everybody out there, please be careful. Please guard your mental health. Please guard your physical health because I think that we've got a little ways to go with this. I don't know if it's months, but it easily could be that. And we all need to stay strong.